Winston batted Hawthorne's side, gave the St Kilda camp a terrible fright, but couldn't quite get the job done. 12 points, the final margin at Marvel Stadium. Now we're into the final chapter of the season with just three games to play and plenty of talking points as we welcome you to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason and with me as always is a man that joined me in the stands of Marvel Stadium this past weekend. G'day Tiz. G'day mate. I'm nearly warm again. It's good. It's just not an enjoyable place to go. Well, not when that happens for three quarters and then they suddenly decide to show up. But how can they do that when they're two and a half men down? Crazy, isn't it? It probably reflects as poorly on St Kilda as it does us, that game. Does it? Or does it tell you that total football all the time is the way to go? Total football meaning for the uninitiated? It means, like, it doesn't matter where Jack Scrimshaw plays. (laughs) That's right. The talent is on show. Yes. Yeah, talent over everything. Yeah, and also being educated in being able to play this position and down the other end. And, I mean... It was the mantra during the three-peat. Everyone needed to know where everyone else had to be in any given situation, mm-hmm. especially under high-pressure, high-intense moments. And and they could reflect on that well after the fact as well. Yeah, We're talking in the off-season, they would know what the plan was. Yeah, it was like they had uh, folios. Like mm-hmm. Cyril could go to... Uh, I think it was Duray was what they wrote about. Yeah, Cyril went yeah. to Duray and said, where do you have to be if we've got a throw-in and there's only three minutes left in the game? That's right, yeah. Do you, do you think maybe we're setting the bar a little bit high for this list, comparing them to a three-peat side? Yes, but you, the idea is that you've got to be better every year, mm-hmm. right? And this is year one under Mitchell. Let's this is that. year one, but we're starting to see, like, I've been waiting for stuff like this. What do you mean? Throwing the magnets around? Yeah. Out of necessity? Yeah, but I love that it worked because he might do it again. Well, yeah, it does say something that a highly experimental Hawthorne side could get within two goals. By the end? Yeah. Well, he had chances too. There were a couple went mm-hmm. begging. Yeah. Now, I know CJ's out for Saturday, Nick, mm-hmm. and I know... You're a little bit glum because you're off to off to Tassie, which we'll get to later. But I did love the aggression in that moment. It was a bit, mm. it's a bit down your alley, actually. The WWE stuff. Yeah, it was a DDT into the mat. What's DDT? So you basically drive an opponent's head into the canvas. Yeah, and and one week. <laughs> That's probably worth more than one week. But like, like many people are arguing that. You know, Hawthorne should challenge it. But by the letter of the law, looking at... <laughs> it looking, looked pretty bad. Well, I didn't notice it while we are there. Like, yeah. But... Well, if you hold the tackle long enough, it's bound to be dangerous. Yeah, I will say that, that the umpire, and in, even in that Richmond game where the guy got up and kicked oh, the goal... Cumberland, yeah. Um, I'm sick of being gaslit by 2022 the, umpiring. But the longer you hold off making a decision... The worse... Exactly, the worse it gets. Yeah, because someone stacks in, and the more, and I remember the, that when I was playing. It used to be awful that there was right. no decision. Well, it turns into British Bulldog <laughs> at that point. <laughs> like, it, it reflects badly on the umpiring fraternity as well. Anyway, look, by the MRP's findings, I can understand why people wanted Hawthorne to challenge it, but there's no wiggle room. They were pretty de- declarative in, uh, was it medium? Yeah, I think it was medium impact. Yeah. It was careless, which mm. it was, of yeah. course, and high impact, which of course it was. It, like, the more you looked at it, it's like, well, probably just Not have to cop this. Not a lot of wiggle room. No, you, you just have to get that verdict and move on, which is exactly what they did with CJ. But, uh, I don't know, a bit of fight, a bit of aggression. It wasn't always there on the weekend, but... No, no, no. Uh, the first half... 
Mm. When did I tweet that pic of the of the banner? Of the banner. Was that halfway through the third quarter? Waiting, That's right, yeah. I'm hope, still waiting for Hawthorne to arrive. Hoping the team would show up eventually. Nothing, nothing was working. No. And uh, McAvoy was one of our best, and and obviously Marshall was their best, but you have to wonder if Reeves or even even another Ruckman had been selected. Well, would it, it had been. Would it have been different? Well, we know now it would have to have been Lynch. I mean, even discounting foot soreness aside for Reeves, which is the reason he missed. Reeves has since gone into surgery. He's just undergone surgery for his yeah. shoulder. He's out for the rest of the year. So it would have had to have been uh, Lynch. Why did why they did not select him? I really don't know. I mean, Jai Newcomb, very very quiet until he wasn't. Yeah, well, a bit different from uh, from Jai this week. Uh, a rare instance in which he was actually tagged, and he had to work through that. A limited don't impact. forget the bloke that was tagging him, Windhager. Mm. Windhager. Windhager. He uh, absolutely slaughtered. Mm. Uh, gosh, what is this? Tim Kelly. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's almost anonymous now. Yeah, well, Finn McGuinness laid the groundwork and then everyone else is reaping the rewards. You can <laughs> thank Finn McGuinness for that. But uh, Jai Newcomb, limited impact at first, but I felt as though his influence only increased as the game unfolded. Finished with 21 touches, 11 of those contested, which would explain the poor disposal efficiency, uh, and two goals as well as a game-high 32 pressure act. So really asserted himself on the contest. Big goals too. Mm-hmm. Took the pressure... Handled it well. It was one of those games where every goal felt massive for Hawthorne, frankly. What did you think of Scrimshaw playing on? Oh, well, he was able to, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he kicked the goal, but at the time... Yeah, at the time, maybe a bit of heart-and-mouth stuff. (laughs) But no, I'm okay with it. But Scrimshaw was one of those magnets thrown about. What did you think? I didn't mind it. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind it. They needed a, a, a target up forward that could actually move Yeah, and mark, and uh, eventually they pushed... Sicily up there as well, but uh, I'd have to say at half time the best player for Hawthorne was Connor Nash. Yeah, and people will cite your inherent Irish bias, bias yeah. on this matter, but I have to agree. I mean, it was important when the Hawks were very much on the back foot in the first half. 21 touches at 90.5% disposal efficiency. That's what he finished with. He was second only to Blake Hardwick in how he used the footy. Which is saying something, because Hardwick is normally king of this stuff with enormously high disposal efficiency, and Nash has been right up there in a game that was a struggle for Hawthorne at most times. Well, he kept finding himself with the ball in that first quarter, and I'm thinking, geez, this is the most touches I've ever seen Connor get. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it kept following him. Far less impact after halftime, and eventually got asked to do some ruck work as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Harry Morrison, 24 touches at 79.2%. Disposal efficiency and a game high five hundred fifty eight meters gained. He was a guy that, besides Connor Nash, we, we know that first half was superb from Nash getting involved. Harry Morrison was consistent throughout the day, which I thought was great, and he's now become, as we know, the premier wingman at Hawthorne, at least for now, because the rumblings are that we are in fact to get Carl Amon. Amon on the wing next year is an inevitability. It does seem like it. It's... It's been reported from the Herald Sun now that it's well, pretty much not, locked in. That's and... not what I go by. There's, <laughs> there's Port supporters commenting on the posts going, well, you know he you know, he never gets a hard ball, so that is tantamount to, yes, he's on his way. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Josh Ward, I thought, was another guy that was fairly consistent across all four quarters. Great impact with 26 touches, 446 metres gained, an equal team high, uh, six inside 50s and six score involvements. And he does it quietly. He does which is handy for now, eventually he's going to be discovered. Yeah. I mean, they're just letting him find his feet, get comfortable. Mm. He doesn't 
He's certainly not comfortable the first ten minutes. <laughs> That's right. And then yeah. he sort of works into the game. It's uh, it, it's good. You know, he looks like a natural footballer. I enjoy watching him. He makes good decisions, but also, I was watching. <laughs> who was it? Con- uh, Connor McDonald. He was taking some outrageous passes, mm-hmm. which started to break down the St Kilda defence. These these boys just need to spend time out on the field, and eventually the patience pays off. They're the ones to watch. You've got three rounds left. You've got to sit back and relax and, and keep an eye on these guys and see what they can produce for the rest of the season. All this time is only going to benefit them. And then they come back for another preseason next year. All of this bodes tremendously well. I think Ward and McDonald in particular, they're really exciting right now. You're burying the lead, though. Mm. The EJ mark on the wing. <laughs> That's right. Crashing packs. That's now, his MO. Now, consider this. Hawthorne... Don't have a, a mobile forward, mm-hmm. right? EJ's coming on. Yeah, well, we, we thought that might happen. At halftime, it was time for Emerson Jekka to play. Yeah. We don't have a mobile forward. Mm-hmm. That's his go. Yeah. Well, not lately, but it is. Not yeah. lately. Okay. Not for the last month. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. He hasn't been that for the last month. But in the box, they go, no, look. He's looked so good at Box Hill in defense. Mm-hmm. We're going to put him there. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't I th- mind it. And moves Scrimshaw forward. Yeah. Who's, you know, very little time forward spent now. forward now yeah. at all, you know? Yeah. So, but that's a, that's a big decision. You're all those, you're plenty of goals down being totally outplayed. Mm. And still you say to Jacka, look, this is what we've got you for. This is what we want you to do. Just do what you were doing last week again. And I thought that was good common sense. Yeah. From the coaching panel. Well, it's about continuity. Not to put all the pressure on the lad and put him back down the front yeah, again that's right. as the lone forward. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to win the game off your own boot. You just have to do your bit to save it at the other end of the ground. Uh, it was a weirdly prescient selection because who was to know that both Lewis and Cozzy would be knocked about? And then we lost Morris as well. And, and yeah. so we were just really bruised and battered. And Emerson Jacker came in and I think he performed and acquitted himself quite admirably. Yeah, I enjoyed watching him. Lots of repeat efforts from Jekka. Also, he managed to set himself between opponents so mm-hmm. that neither was an option. He could probably get to both of them. Yeah. Very cunning, quite clever, and he's a big lad. Yeah, I found myself just Jekka watching for, for a large portion of the quarter that he came on. and Well, it's as good as Sisley watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically well, they, they said, all right, uh, Sis, we've got Jekka down there now. Don't need you. <laughs> You're going up forward. I just wanted to see what his defensive craft was like. You know, for the last couple of times I've been watching it on TV, and it's different when you're live, yep. and especially where we were sitting. We're up in level three, so get a good view of the ground, and I thought he did quite well. The execution was there. He only had eight touches, but he ran at something like 90% or 80-something percent. Yeah. So he's proven reliable in his first hit out at the senior level as a defender, and uh, look, we have to see more of it. Only three games left. There's no sense in not playing him. Absolutely. I uh, I can't see him being dropped from the side. That would be stupid. No, well, at this stage, Mitch Lewis missing, surprisingly, just the one week. So he's out for the Suns game. And uh, Cozzy's a test, but that's a bit touch and go. Uh, another big guy that I want to mention, though, of course, is the biggest guy, big boy Ben McAvoy. We did say he was beaten by Marshall, who was probably BOG. But uh, when the game was up for grabs, Big Boy really stood up. Yeah, there was that moment where everyone was elated that he'd marked in the goal square. And you looked at me like, what, what is wrong with you? Mm. And I'm like, well, I mean, 
that game plan of kicking long to the square has worked once all day and you're yeah. all really <laughs> wrapped for it. Yeah, and every, <laughs> everyone <laughs> went up, cheers, applause. I get it. I, I, I know it hasn't worked all day, but it's and working that, when it counts. Yeah, it worked when it counted, yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah. But by this stage, I was a little bit uh, jaded and cold. <laughs> Fair enough. Big boy Ben McAvoy establishing himself very much since his return as so critical to this side. He has to go around again. I, I fear how Hawthorne looks in 2023 without him, frankly. So, how excited are you? About? Saturday. Oh, heading down to Tassie. When do you head down? Uh, Friday afternoon. Boat? No. Oh, shame. Why? Because you'd be more uh, demonstrative after a boat trip, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. I might be uh, bedridden after a boat trip and be that sick. I'm I'm not a boat traveller. I've gotten better over the years, but I'm not not really fond of the uh, the ferry, I would say. Now, we're favourites. How is that possible? After the way we played... And the Suns, I know they got taken to the limit by by West Coast, which yeah. is not great. Yep. But for a large portion of that match, the Suns were also well on top. Right. But but knowing, having watched us play against St Gilda, no, it wasn't a 69-point drubbing. We've improved. We've made progress. We don't do that anymore against the Saints. But we were pretty average. And yet we're favourites. Yeah. Is it the Tassie effect? Is it because it's our home away from home? Don't you think we should be favourites? Well, No. Not really. So, look, GF goes out, Morris goes out, Lewis or Cozzy have to come out. Well, Lewis is out. Okay, Lewis is out. Yeah, and Maybe Co- Cozzy as Co- well. Yeah, Cozzy as well, perhaps. Is Impey available? Uh, yeah, I think he was managed last week, so he should be. Lynch, probable. If Lynch doesn't get a game this week, I don't know what we're... Well, I was about to say, I don't know what we're playing at. Probably draft picks at that point. If we're not playing Lynch, I think we know our intent for the well, next couple of weeks. Well, it's a good question, though, because the VFL, you know, do we leave him there so he's eligible to play finals and he can get some real games under his belt? Yeah, well, it's a critical time for Box Hill as well. They've got... Uh, Frankston. Frankston, yes. Is that critical? Well, there's only three games left of the season. Got to beat Frankston. Got to beat Geelong, who are also in the bottom. And Sydney. Uh, well, Sydney's the big one because they're top eight. But at the moment, Richmond's on the ladder. Oh, what's that? And- Geelong, their VFL side isn't any good. No. Is that right? And the and the AFL side is peaking like eight weeks out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a shame. <laughs> Hold your horses. Let me say what I want to say. Uh, Richmond are nipping at the heels of uh, Box Hill. So we're only in the eight, eight by percentage. Right. So, I don't know, it might be a factor about what Box Hill want to do, what Hawthorne want to do, but I would be playing Lynch this week. So you don't think you're getting any debutantes down in Tassie? You're not looking at a Long or a Sarong or a Saunders? I wouldn't mind it. The the one and only Dancing Bear at Hawk Talk Pod asks, who is our next debutant? Is it one of those three guys? We still get smashed fairly regularly at contested footy. So having a, a different sort of a look by having Ned Long in could be something to go with. Well, that was the story of most of the game. Mm-hmm. Contested footy numbers were awful. I just thought our, apart from the, the the little spots such as the dangerous tackle, I thought our physicality was pretty poor, actually. Well, I told you we were lulled into a false sense of security by these this three-peat against some of the worst sides in the league. Yeah, that's, that's potentially true. Mind you, when you do something like what Sam Butler did and you're not rewarded, is the intent going to be there for the rest of the team? I mean, what's the point? Well, you know my thoughts on the umpiring. 
Yeah, but to the listeners. I'm basically, uh, I'm agnostic now. <laughs> Go on. Well, I'm not sure whether the footy gods exist anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Week to week, it's an impossible proposition to work it out. The game is different. By the end of the game, there were hardly any difference between our free kicks to theirs. And that in, is in that, shocking. In no that, way. In that first half, they got oh, everything. My goodness. But I, I will say that we were second to the ball, so you don't... Do you know what I mean? But have you noticed, even in the three weeks prior when we were first to the ball... And better than them. Yeah, sometimes and it just didn't come And won by big margins. We yeah. still lost the free kick count. Yeah. Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> anyway, the one and only Dancing Bear wants to know who our next debutante is. Who do you reckon? Sarong, if Cosy doesn't get up, Sarong could be a good, a good pick. Not quite the same body or physicality, must be said. Surely Callow is next in line. Yeah, Callow is an obvious choice, but he's been woefully out. Okay, he's been woefully out of form is what I was about to say. But he's so big. was Cosy. But he's big. Yeah, it's a like for like. And Cosy was picked and recalled to the side, having not really shown much for Box Hill. So maybe it's a system or structure thing. I don't really know. I'm going to rule out Saunders. I don't think Saunders gets a game this week. What are you looking forward to, Nick? What, in terms of football or Hawthorne? In terms of, <laughs> in terms of Saturday. In terms of Saturday... Um, How's the weather? I, I imagine it's going to be wet. I checked it from about a month out. Are any of those readings accurate when you check it from that far out? No. Probably not. <laughs> but it is Tassie. It I is can't winter. even predict tomorrow. <laughs> That's only here in Melbourne, mate. Four seasons in one day, that kind of thing. Top of 14, 60% chance of rain, low of five. Yeah, okay. Well, 60%. That's, that's going to happen. Okay. What am I looking forward to? I... Phew. My favourites aren't out there. I don't get Lewis. I don't get CJ. Is it Jekka's time to shine? Well, maybe not up forward, unfortunately for me. I would have liked to have seen that. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I don't really know. So anything could happen. And this is the... (laughs) That's what you extrapolate from that. Yeah, well, this is Stewie Jew doesn't know what we're going to do, but he knows we're on demand. I don't know. I I don't imagine that it's going to emulate what happened in Darwin. I don't think it's going to be quite that bad. No. I think both teams are in a significantly different place than when we last squared off. Uh, we are undermanned, though, so that's a bit bit worrying, I reckon. Now, Green Tone has asked, can Jack Scrimshaw be Gunston's replacement? Hawks have an overabundance of halfbacks. Well, he's not wrong. Well, on the list, yeah, but actually playing. Yeah, actually available is a different thing. <laughs> yeah. yep. Is that something we can look at going forward? Uh, well, maybe. It's hard to know because we're going off this small sample size that titillated us that was out of necessity. Yeah, That's I, why Scrimshaw was yeah, there. Yeah. Whether that happens again, I have no idea. He's Do- always loved a goal, though. Yes, true. He's been dragged for having shots at goal from about 60. You remember? Yeah, but he normally nails them. He was under them. 10 games and he had a crack and uh, Clarko sent him straight to the bench. I remember that. He, he normally nails them. So I have no problem with uh, Scrimshaw being forward. But uh, I imagine selection sort of tips our you know, our hand in terms of what we're going to try. I'm going to predict something. Yep. You know how we've tried key backs forward. Yeah. There's one key back that hasn't gone forward. Go on. That is low on confidence. Tony asks, what's the go with DGB? Oh, here it is. A few people have... Uh, now, I want to apologise. We won't get to all the questions about DGB. There was an avalanche. Yeah, they're all a like... Range of Barras avalanche. What's he worth? Can we no, get rid of him? No, it oscillated between, can he kick a goal? 
what's he worth? <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're not going to get to all these questions, but thank you for submitting them. But yes, let's start with Tony with broadly, what's the go with DJB? Tiz, why don't you tell me a thing or two about Denver? Why was he dropped? Because he's all right and hasn't really hit his straps yet. The last 10 minutes against North wasn't great. He's just, it's just about patience, isn't it? Well, it is as far as I'm concerned. I'm not, I'm not thinking of him as trade bait. And also, I'm not necessarily sure what value he has at the moment. Where is he going and what do we get back for, for someone like DGB? I'm just, I'm not certain of that. He hasn't done anything wrong. I think he'd get something. Oh, He's still got all the potential that we picked him up with. Yeah, no, I understand that. I just think it's more of a question mark than anything. Yeah, it's interesting. I think most teams would back themselves to make DGB into a very good player. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be turfing him. At all. Not not a chance. Give him one more year at least. How many games has he played? What, 15 or something? If that. It's not really about that yet. It's it's more about he's never looked comfortable in the lineup. Um, yeah, he does fall out constantly. And also he, he needs some... Does he need something that he does really well? Yeah. Yeah. Because our other defenders have that. Yeah. It's a, Even it's James Blank to... has that. Look... He's not big enough, really, to take on a lot of... Like, mm-hmm. when you're looking at the matchups, DGB can be pushed aside fairly easily, mm-hmm. which isn't a problem for Blank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. So, so we've just got to wait for him to fill out. He's got the skills. Let him... Because if you're not big enough, you feel like you're not... Do you know what I mean? Your, your confidence mm. isn't there. You don't take on the tackler, or mm-hmm. you can't take on the tackler, which... You, when you first watched the first six games or whatever, mm. he was obviously come from a place where he could take on the tackler, break the tackle. Yeah. And then suddenly it was somewhere where a midget could tackle him and he still couldn't break the tackle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just adjusting. But look, I was speaking to a few people about debutantes and how how they look in their first few games, maybe their first year. I mean, Jason Dunstall started on a wing... Mm-hmm. Looked totally awful. Eventually, they found the right position, mm-hmm. which was full forward. Thanks. Yeah, and appreciate uh, that. That's all right. And then um, Gary Ayres, one of his first games, I think he had five or six drilled past him. Looked totally awful. So all of this Jill adds up. Norm Smith medalist. All of this adds up to you being an advocate for putting Granger Barras forward. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This week. I'm happy for that. I just don't think you can pull Jekra forward. No, no, unfortunately. That is, that's the continuity that I want for Jekra, is I want him to remain in defence because he's been too good so far. We know what he can do forward when he gets on a roll, but that's not the role he's on. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be messing with that formula. And I don't think you've got a matchup. Morris comes out, I don't think you can put DGB into the back pocket on someone. So that'll probably be impy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if yeah. you can roll DGB forward and get in a chance to be aggressive in a in an offensive way, be good. Be very curious. I don't know what that looks like for DGB, but, uh, you know, if Mitchell wants to pull that, then I'm, I'm here for it. I, well, I'm, I'm putting that out there for you, trying to get you excited about it. You've been a bit glum. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm fine. You're looking at it going, geez, this is a big loss. 
No, I know. Did, did you see what they did to us in Darwin? I'm not thinking and we that. nearly went there, and now I'm going down to... You're the one who tried to drag us there. <laughs> Don't put this on me. We were lucky not to go that time, and now I'm going anyway. <laughs> I'm not thinking that at all. No, I don't think it'll be a big loss. It's just I, I don't think we go in favourites. We are. We're, di- we're favourites. I know we're. I know that's how we're tipped, but I wouldn't put us as favourites at all, not by a long shot. Uh, this next question. Joel, assuming no injuries or recruits, only two at best of blank DGB and Jekka could play in round one next season. Obviously, none of them are surefire league footballers, but which two would most likely play round one next season in your opinion? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Sisley keeps one of those out. Yeah. Jekka's off one game, DGB's in and out of the side, blank looks set. Yeah, blank is the only one I would say. If, if Joel is suggesting only two of those three, blank is the one I've got locked in the side. No issue there. Having said that, Jekka looks like a Rolls Royce at times. Yeah, he looks very good. You you wonder what I'm looking forward to. Let's say that. I want to see Emerson Jekka. I want to see more of that. Hopefully not too much more. <laughs> Don't want us to be annihilated by the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> I like Dino's question. Yeah, Let's get to that. This question from Dino. Does Finn line up on the what if Noah Anderson? Would love to see them go toe-to-toe. Not the only bright spot this season. It's really great as a proud member and supporter of the club to look forward to match-up options with our list. Blank on Chole and Dimmer on Rankin too. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy watching Rankin. Well, I back Hardwick to do the job. He's got form. Hardwick played a decent enough game last week. He's taken some good scalps and no one talks about it. Uh, Whereas Rankin is, at the moment, heading to this game. He's one of the form players. You want... Rankin to get kind of close and then nothing. Yeah, well, that's up to Dimmer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He does it every week. It shouldn't be a problem. Needs a bit of help from time to time, but... No, that's one clash I look forward to. As for Finn, I mean, yeah, he's got a couple of good matchups there. And blank on Chole. Chole kicked five goals. Well, if you see Anderson on McGuinness, I think that'd be... Yeah. What, he'd just roll the 89 highlights, perhaps? <laughs> Next question from Neil. How gone is Phillips? He played pretty well for Box Hill and doesn't seem to be in anyone's mind for a return to the seniors. Similarly, it looks like Howe won't play AFL for Hawthorne again, and he's had multiple shots at least. Well, I mean, Phillips is still in good form. Howe's dropped his head. Mm. Like, he's still performing it at VFL, but he's not looking like he's going get to get the nod, even with injuries. The two of them are essential to Box Hill, but that's about where I draw the line. I just don't know. Nothing I've seen from them performing week in, week out for Box Hill has made me want to recall them. And that's a problem because usually they're in the top accumulators for the side. When, when I look at these two, I think of Phillips as a bloke who can do things other blokes in our side can't mm. do. Mm-hmm. Whereas I look at how and I think, no, we've got that covered. Yeah, we've got that covered now. Yep. Yep. I mean, Finn, Finn covers that hmm. for mine. But anyway... I was um, I spent a lot of time, not too much time, but watching Will Day and yes. how they tried to use him to break the lines on Saturday. Mm-hmm. When they put him in the midfield, he he did have an impact. And I think I'd like to talk about where we see him slotting into this side in the future because if he can play forward and have impact, play on the wing and have impact, play on the half-back line and have impact... Why on earth would you play him in the back pocket? Yeah, it's been a very unsettled season on all accounts for Will Day, season 2022. And uh, yeah, big question marks about just where he fits, which is not to say that he can't, because he's got the talent, 
but where do you play him? It's a bit of a Burgoyne role. I, I suppose it is, yeah. Is that what they're looking for, the plug and play? Yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit of continuity for him. Well, he had a big moment on the weekend that came off the inside of his boot. Mm-hmm. Right, He was kicking into the centre. I don't know whether he saw something that he didn't like and tried to adjust the kick, but uh, he doesn't look... Well, I mean, the timing was awful on the kick. He's got... He's a bit slow. I think he's still recovering from something, mm. just learning to play through injuries. But, oh, you know, the talent on the boy makes me, what's the word? Salivate? Salivate. That's the word. <laughs> yeah. Happy to help you out. There's Day, there's CJ. Uh, we haven't seen this guy in a number of weeks. That's an injury. But Lockie Bramble, there's a number of players on this list where... If you can give them space, they really hurt the opponents. Yeah, but also what I was about to say was they haven't quite lived up to our lofty expectations. And part of that is on us for trying to big them up to be world beaters. And perhaps they're not there yet. We're just excited. We don't really have expectations. Well, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I'm wrapped with how this list has developed this year. Oh, yeah. In its entirety. Yeah, overall uh, body of work for season 2022 with this list is a thumbs up, I would say. It'd take a pretty harsh grader to to rank it otherwise. All right. Well, Hawthorne Zone wants us to predict the final three games. Hawthorne Zone does some great work. Well, found them on Instagram. They're on Twitter now as well, so hit them up. Uh, yeah, predictions for our final three games. Would also love your thoughts on what you think about the Hawks possibly finishing bottom four if we lose our final three games and results go Essendon and Adelaide's way. All right. Let's go to the first bit of that question to start off with. Predictions for our final three games. I would have thought... Due to the fact that they're all capable of playing finals, mm. they're far more determined and they'll run out the game better than we do. And, and also we've got a few problems up forward now with injuries and the ruck. Yeah, it, it seems like we're... So it looks like a triple L from me. <laughs> well, I, I feel like that's a fairly reasonable assumption. Like as of the Saints game, now that we're past that and looking at what we've got ahead of us, it just feels like we're limping to the end of the end of the season a bit and not in spirit just more in in body and personnel we just we're not getting our ideal lineup out there i saw the injury list drop today i looked at it i went that's blown out yeah i remember that being a lot thinner about a month ago mm-hmm. um so i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if we went three losses if we do win one of those games the opponent isn't playing finals. Well, that's it. I hope that we win at least one. The I'd dogs? like it to be the one that I attend. No, <laughs> so if we could beat Richmond. the Suns, well, Richmond as well is another candidate for that. I'll be there for that one. But uh, if we could spoil the party for one team, I'd Come be happy on, the Suns are a bloody long shot. Richmond or the Dogs? Well, Richmond are gettable, it seems I mean, like. a long shot to get finals. I should underline yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Richmond are gettable. Yeah. From what they've dished up in the last month. I reckon if they carry that form in against us, we might be a chance. But I don't know. Like I said, we're we're hobbling about at this stage, at the end stage of the season. So I don't really know. How do we feel about dropping those three games, though, and finishing bottom four? Well, as you know, I sent you all those uh, ladder predictors. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's possible to get pick four. Yeah. Because basically GWS are playing drunk. At the moment. <laughs> so they're not bothered. Yeah. Well, I think the words were checked out. Is that it? Yeah, yeah that was the quote, I think. So, I think they're all reading their contracts rather than mm, what to do on game day. I think so. That was a shocking performance against Sydney. Absolutely. But uh, I look, 
I'm not for us tanking or anything like that. I don't think we have to. No, I think it'll play the way that it plays, even though we'll, we'll try hard, but we could still end up bottom four. And the silver lining is that we get pick four and then we get our pick of a range of reportedly stellar midfielders. So, Well, I mean, North Melbourne aren't taking a midfielder, apparently. Apparently they've got enough. They're good enough in the midfield. So, is this legit? Uh, Who are they looking at if not a midfielder? I don't know. Key position. So, uh, you know, that means only two midfielders get taken before us. Yeah, okay. All right. Mm. Well, this is something for us to preview in the coming episodes, I think. I've got to be honest, mate. Apart from Cal Toomey's Phantom Draft, not really cast an eye on much draft stuff at this stage. No, it's way too early. Yeah, exactly. I'm way too plugged into what we've got, got going on right now. Uh, this question from Clinton. Our last home game in Melbourne was against West Coast, July 17th. We don't have another home game for the rest of the year in Melbourne. For me, that's too long. I'm of the view that we need to survive without Tassie. The fans have lost interest down there and want a Tassie team. I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. Uh, my questions about it are what if they're denied a Tassie team? Which seems to be the way it's going, isn't it? Well, I would imagine that to be the case if the AFL themselves have decided to abrogate their voting rights mm-hmm. to the clubs so they've got more people to blame for the fact that they're not going to go ahead with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not often you'll see the AFL give up some power unless mm. it's because the result is a foregone conclusion and they don't want to bear the brunt of that exactly. decision. Yeah, it's, it's so, classic PR manoeuvre yep. stuff. So, well, not our fault. We let other people have a go. We, yeah. You know. Oh, well, too bad, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's democracy, mate. Take it up with the Greeks. Yeah. That kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> so I would imagine that doesn't happen. Uh, there is a very interesting line of thought about having a home ground that isn't the MCG. Mm-hmm. And that being terribly advantageous to your side making finals and also making grand finals. Yep. Uh, and also not having home games at Etihad is, or uh, Marvel is also excellent mm-hmm. in terms of if you look at the statistics in people who actually represent and win grand finals. So Tassie has been fantastic for us. It's filled the coffers. I believe we still we still developed the game down there. Thanks, Caro. Um, <laughs> if it was a little bit warmer, that'd be great. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Can we talk to someone about that or what do you reckon? I was seriously angry when the fixture came out and our last home game was West Coast, though. On July 17th. That's very early. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, as far as the supporters are concerned, we get one opportunity. It's an away game to get back and see our club in Melbourne. But that's... Do you think we'll be rewarded for being one of the few Melbourne clubs to actually turn up and watch? No. Why would I think that? It, you know what it says? What? It says Hawthorne people aren't planners. Well, how do you reckon? Because we've got that floating fixture now. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's that's done with as of next year. It's done? They got rid of it? Well, I officially? think... I can't remember what I read about it. They announced something on it that at least, like, I think the first half of the season is going to be locked in or something like that. Oh, okay. I don't know. Listeners have to forgive me for my memory on that one, but they did announce something around abolishing the floating fixture. How do you feel about Tassie? Oh, from a purely um, self-centred and selfish perspective, I don't want us to be there because it means that I could see more football in person right here in Melbourne. Yeah. And that's all I care about. Uh, as a money-making venture and what it does for the club, I, I personally don't know enough about the ins and outs of that 
to know if it's worth sticking around there or anything like that. Just purely from a spectator and a, and a member that wants value for their membership, of course I want to see Hawthorne much more than I do now. And I don't want our last home game to be a good four games out from the end of the season. That feels like a big anti-climax. If I knew that I was going to get more games at the MCG to save my team, yeah, I'd be happy to have us out of there. But of course, that's all really self-indulgent. I'm not, there's nothing intellectual about that. That's just me that wants to attend and and yell and sing a bit and cheer them on. That's it. I'm, it's, it's not, there's no nuance to my view and I'll cop to that. No, it's reflex. <laughs> well, if you like. Yeah, but, and it's valid. It's totally valid because you're a member and you want to see your side. And oh, you know, how long has a partnership been? It's 20 plus years, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'd be okay if we suddenly pulled our team back. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Whether it's in our best interest financially is another thing. I I would love to talk to someone who knew better about that than me. Well, we've gone from quite a small club mm. to being a very, very successful mm-hmm. club. Building Dingley. We got another update about that. Yes. Which wasn't that much of an update, but but they had imported stuff. So we're good. Yeah, imported clay. Yeah. That was from good. the uh, clay region of France. Did we do that last week? <laughs> I don't think we did do it last week. <laughs> we talked about it off air last week, I think. So. Importing clay. Uh, sure, that's not the right term. <laughs> you don't write clay dump, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, is it on track, do you reckon? They're very, they're very quiet about Dingley. Mate, have you ever seen the track? <laughs> that's right. So you wouldn't know. They've played that very well. This question from Scamasaurus. If you could choose three players to have a great injury-free preseason, who would they be? Ooh. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? No. <laughs> Wingard. I knew you were going to say Wingard. Bramble. Mm-hmm. Probably Lewis. Yeah. Um, uh, my reflexive first three answers were Lewis, Newcomb, Sicily. And then when I actually started thinking about it, I thought, well, if he's going to be on the list... Can we have Chad having a preseason, please? It the, feels like he's never had a proper one. Yeah, it'd be three without, wouldn't it? Yeah. So who knows? The sky could be the limit if he finally got that together. So I'd like to see that. And then you want to flog him? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It was a little concerning uh, for much of that game that so many of the veterans didn't have much influence. No. No, Bruce and Gunston were basically invisible for much of that game yeah well Gunston tried and Mm. Bruce was deployed in the midfield but yeah this question from Shana it's that time of year who do you see hanging up the boots Uh, Shields he was the only one I could think of McAvoy's a big possibility I hope not Hardigan maybe I guess yeah so I think he's the age profile for him is okay but I'm just not sure I don't think Hawthorne will keep him and then I'm not sure what club would want to pick him up okay so I think that might be it for him there's rumours Gunston's moving on. They persist with the Essendon rumours for Gunston. Yeah, that'd be um, a bit disgusting, frankly. Well, I I thought it was weird to put that in the paper, to be honest, but anyway. Oh, they put it in the paper, did they? Yeah. I don't know. They, they do that stuff all the time, don't they? Yeah, but... You know, rumours, scuttlebutt. Could be a little grace period for the boy. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, that's true. What did they... Put it under the banner of like, because his father was there. No, no, no. Oh, they, wow, they didn't no, even pull that letter. No, did not. Jeez, I thought they'd at least justify it. Oh, well. Yeah, mate, someone wants to date. Uh, Bobby <laughs> is um, 
<laughs> Bobby's asking where we get drinks after the game. Yes, news has filtered through that I will, in fact, be in Tassie for this clash. And I don't know. Oh, there's, a, there's a lot of pubs to choose from, mate. There's the one where we met Hodgie after yep, the game. Yep. There's the uh, the one near the chicken shop. <laughs> yeah. With the uh, with the NBA jam we had a go at. That's right, yeah, yeah. And they had a, a framed buddy poster up there oh, as well. They had plenty of Hawthorne memorabilia, yep. but the owner wasn't in. So, <laughs> you know, we didn't have a chance to have a chat to him. Oh, you know, just go on a pub crawl. Well, might need to, depending on how the result goes. We've plenty <laughs> of time left in the day for that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm having beers after the game. Stay tuned to our social channels, eh? Really? That's such a cheap plug. Why don't you just, you know, live stream your location on Twitter? Oh, I can't see that going badly. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. Do you remember that day, Hodgie, you know, he was... Beautiful to everybody in that pub. Yeah, yeah, he was very giving of his side, very generous. That was a bloody good win as well. Yeah, he enjoyed it. Yep, good to be back in Tassie. That genuinely does not feel like last year. That feels like about three years ago, don't you think? Yeah, we probably went a bit hard that night. Anyway. (laughs) We need to uh, start wrapping up. Apple Podcasts, you might be listening to this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you are, you can rate and review us on there. We'd really appreciate the feedback. And uh yeah, you taking some time out of your day to leave us lovely thoughts. It makes our day to read those, of course. And, and we read them out. And we do read them out usually, yeah. And uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're on all the social channels. Go find us there. Uh, the Hawk Talk podcast, of course, is made possible thanks to the support of our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers. They've signed up. They've gone behind the show. We very much appreciate all the support. Now, if you're listening to this and you enjoy what we do and you're interested in getting some sweet bonus content... All you got to do is head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod for all the details. So on last week's episode, Nick Mason <laughs> called into question what had happened to the Move It to Marvel campaign. That's and right. it was uh, basically threw some wood on the fire and then Reeves comes through halfway through the week and he's Move It to Marvel and I'm not negotiating. <laughs> Justin Reeves uh, sent out that letter to members uh, and spoke on the Round 1 AFLW Clash with Essendon saying, Tickets will be on sale soon. I want to urge every single Hawks member to get on board and buy a ticket to attend. We want this game to be a sellout so the AFL has no choice for it to be moved to Marvel Stadium. This is where the game belongs. This would set up a blockbuster clash between two powerhouse clubs. Yeah, two powerhouse clubs that have been denied... A women's team for, wow, it's a Ever. long time. Yeah, years. Years and years. Make them look foolish. As soon as tickets get on sale, we'll, we'll be splashing this all over our social media. When tickets go on sale, you'll know how to get them. And we need to come out in force and make this a reality. Move this game to Marvel Stadium. Both the clubs want it. The AFL senior is sitting on the fence. Push them off the fence the way of Marvel Stadium. It's their stadium. Yeah. Why wouldn't is... they want this? Look, if you do have... Essendon mates, and you've teased them for years about, you know, syringes and stuff like that, and <laughs> and the little Sammy Mitchells in the, you know, just sort of going for the elbow in 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 inside of the elbow there, and it's yeah. it's a bit of a fractious relationship. Well, the women of women's side, they've done nothing wrong. It's a clean slate for them. Yeah. So uh, you know, you can invite them to this game and tell them, doesn't it feel good to barrack for a clean side? Morally, you just feel so pure. Now, I dare say the final siren sounds. Hawthorne's won the game against Essendon. You turn to your Essendon mate and you say, well, I guess that's day one of no finals for Essendon AFLW. (laughs) Here we go. All right, we're away. There's a new chart. Might have to cheat. Now. 
Uh, now, speaking of all things AFLW, our side just played as a full squad for the first time in an internal trial match. Now, this consisted of uh, four full AFLW quarters, and it was played against our VFLW girls, which is, uh, I mean, by that, you would say it would be one-sided, but, you know, all the same, nice to get a bit of a hit out in the preseason. Talia Fellows was one of the standouts, according to Bet Goddard, who uh, was very modest in her assessment. Uh, I think she mentioned of Talia Fellows that she started the game slowly, kicked a, a few behinds, but ended up with six goals. So wow. I'm like, wait, hang on, wait a minute. You just said that she kicked a few behinds and ended up with six goals. She's absolutely so dominated. She, she had a few opponents. Are they the behinds? I'm not that sure. she kicked? Well, yeah, well, she did kick some ass by the sounds of it, that's for sure. Chili Lucas Rod, who we got from St Kilda, has been awesome as well in that in that internal trial. And Jess Duffin was great for leadership too. So they're among the noteworthy players, according to coach Beck Goddard. Ones to watch ahead of the AFLW season. So have you packed your Ben Stratton mullet? <laughs> I've packed all sorts of Hawthorne merch, representing on my trip to the Apple Isle. I'm going to be out there, I'm going to be in full voice, but I do have to be cautious. Why? We went to Marvel Stadium, yeah. and you proceeded the whole game to be heckled by a couple of two young boys in the row in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> they told you to be quiet yeah. time and time again. And did you? No. No, because you weren't going to be bullied by well, children. That's well, what. For, for a large portion of that game, I didn't even know what they were saying. Yeah, I, I think you did well to phase them out, but I was deeply amused by it, and I think they would have heckled you up to, upwards of about 15 times. <laughs> All they were doing was, you know, turning around and in a very falsetto voice yelling, be quiet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Heckled yeah. by okay. children. Yeah. Okay. But at a certain point, like, it stopped being amusing for me. And I was like, well, is their dad going to do anything about this? It's kind of rude, right? Oh, it didn't worry me in the slightest. I, I, mate, you're a grown man. It shouldn't worry you. Yeah, and he didn't need to worry about it. No, I, just, I just think it's a bit There smutty. were a couple of moments where I yelled ball where perhaps it wasn't exactly conducive to the uh, Paw Patrol Muppet in front of me. <laughs> but whatever. Probably a St Kilda supporter. Didn't understand the game like the rest of their members. Yeah, well, I did take umbrage with the Hawthorne Mighty had having a crack at me. I just think the parents should intervene and say, "Well, don't be a brat. Don't tell other people to be quiet at the football. You got what twenty thousand really? other people." This is your take. Yeah, I, yeah, it is my take. You get sick of me being loud. Oh, that's I, your inner child sitting in front of me. <laughs> no, I just think people should be allowed to express that you weren't doing anything untoward. You were just yelling at the football. Everyone does. I just thought the kids were being brats by the end. <laughs> they were enjoying themselves. It was fine. Yeah, whatever. Bit of a boring game. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that to make their own fun. Not by the end, though. No, no. Did you did you believe, as, as we look to wrap up here, did you believe for one second that we might pinch it? No. I thought we were a chance. Yeah, I know you did. Because I kept on telling you about the great comeback. Oh, the great escape. Remember that? Yeah, absolutely. We kicked one. We, the first goal we kicked, I was like, oh, it's on! And all the all the St Kilda supporters around us were like, what a dickhead. And it then all, it started getting all too real. Exactly. And then Secretly, I, they were like, oh, jeez. Oh, no. I, I, looked at, I looked at you and and uh, it's getting close and I'm going, we forgot it was St Kilda, mate. They right. know scarred, how to disappoint. Scarred by decades of mediocrity. They know how to let things and then, slip through their fingers. And then the St Kilda supporters behind me were getting a tad nervous and I knew there was a minute 30 and we still needed two goals. So I, I turned around and just in case we won, I said, don't worry, you've got it. There's not long left. <laughs> 
<laughs> to make it much worse if we did in fact win. <laughs> and then the siren went and they cheered and you turned around to them and went, be quiet. <laughs> I reckon that'll do us right here for the Hawk Talk podcast. I've got a pack at some point. I'm excited. I'm excited for the game. It is time to get down to Tassie. Hawthorne, Gold Coast, 1.45pm on Saturday. You're going to be watching here, mate? Yeah, uh, yeah probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I will. Yes. You're going to send me through text throughout throughout the game, maybe a few sneaky tweets. I'll be like, jeez, oh, it's a beautiful day in Melbourne. <laughs> Thanks for that. Well, I look forward to the correspondence. It's been another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. We'll be back next week to recap all the action from the Apple Isle. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.